1: Welcome to the 67th episode of Social Suplexes Podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz and I am the host of this show. And I'm joined always by my good friend Floyd Johnson. Floyd, how you doing, man?
0: I am doing well. Uh, This is a very happy Sunday. Uh, Actually... um, I know we don't talk a lot you know, about ourselves personally, but you, you read it today. I actually had a little story that happened yesterday. I did yesterday. see that, yeah. Yeah, it happened yesterday to me. Uh, uh, I had to work yesterday at 7 a.m., so me and my wife got up really early and went to IHOP so we could have Saturday breakfast. Uh, we were sitting there eating, and then a cop uh, walked past us to go to the bathroom. And I looked at him, and I thought I recognized him. And and you know, while he's in the bathroom I was like, Yes. I used to that cop used to be at a Crossroads Mall. That's a mall in Oklahoma City that I used to work with. My mom did was the manager of a survey place. It's something that doesn't exist, everything's online, but he used to walk around with clipboards and, you know, ask people to do surveys. Uh, for all you old people out there that might have experienced this. Well, we my mom was there for 15, 20 years in there, so I basically grew up in that mall, now, there was a cop, uh, named, uh, uh, named Kelly, I'm not gonna give his last name, you know, anonymity and stuff, cause he's a cop, uh, but he, uh, he worked Crossroads Mall, he'd be there all day, and it was like, I grew up, and I, he was always there, we talk, uh, you know, when I was walking around, basically the mall would babysit me. You know, I would just walk around the mall all day and leave my mom alone while she worked. It would, that would be my babysitter. He would give like tokens and we would chat, right? Well, he's the guy that passed and he stopped by on the way back and I said, Hey, you used to work at Crossroads, right? And he was like, Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, your name's Kelly. And he's like, Oh, good memory. And I was like, "Yeah, my mom. You remember Quick Tests?" And I told him about working there. And then, you know, I took a moment because you know, cops have been kind of taking a beating lately. You know, mm-hmm. it's been like everybody's like, you know, arrest the cops that did this and that. I'm and I agree with all of that. This is really not about that. I just really felt the need to tell him that when I'm having these conversations with friends and family, and I tell them that I don't have the bad experiences with police that other people may have. One person that comes to mind has always been him because he was always there at the mall. I always felt a level of safety. I knew I could go to him if anything happened. And I never, you know, I never felt like he thought I was a suspect or anything like that. He was just always there doing his job. And in my mind, I was telling my wife, Cops jobs are kind of like customer service or an offensive line on the NFL team. You don't hear when cops do a good job. You really only hear when something bad happens. So I really wanted to let him know that as far as part of my life and seeing him every day, I knew I was safe and I thanked him and, you know, I never had any problems with him. He says, man, thank you. I, You know, I did hear that. and He asked how I was doing, told me he was retiring in a few months. And I was like, thank you. So... After that, we finish our dinner and we we go out and we go to pay and, and the waitress like your che- uh, I think he took care of your check and he had already drove off. But yeah, the police officer that I know my whole life took care of my check. So that is a positive story out there. Uh, I you know I imagine some people have had different experiences, but most of my experiences with police have been positive. So I just really wanted to say that it is like, this was not a political speech or anything like that. This was just telling you a feel good story that happened to me yesterday. I hope no one takes this at any more than that, but let's talk about some wrestling.
1: Yeah. I was going to say that's like, not you don't need to really read too much into that. It's just kind of a nice heartwarming story that like, doesn't need to be read into. And it's quite easy to see, um what's positive about that and that's kind of what we bring to this show just a lot of positivity and that's a great story definitely a cool little pay it forward thing so yeah shout out to him but anyways we got AEW this week we got some big news and of course we are one week away from the start of Fighter Fest the two-week event that's taking place on TNT and it's going to be an incredible week of shows we got more news also coming up in the future but real quick I want to start this show off by reminding you that this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV is where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe, right on your laptop and mobile devices. And if you use the code Social Suplex, you can get your first month completely free. And also, I want to make sure you are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. Please leave a rating and a review. And if you are so inclined to, you can also leave a donation through our new podcast provider, Red Circle. And be sure to support us as well by following us on Twitter and social media. Follow the podcast at, AT Elite Pod. Follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex. And follow myself at SZoomer4. And follow Floyd at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Now, we can get started off with the big news of the week, which is, of course, that on the day we're recording this is Sunday, so we are three days away from Fighter Fest. It starts this week. It's a complete, just stacked card of shows that's pay-per-view quality, but it's being given away on free TV on TNT for two straight weeks, and there is a lot of matches to look forward to that we will be going down after we cover everything that happened this week on Dark and Being the Elite, and dynamite this week but it's got a lot to look forward to and definitely considering um everything that's going on in the world a show like this is going to be something that can really lift a lot of people's spirits so i'm i'm crazy excited for fighter fest floyd how you looking into fighter fest coming up are you getting pumped
0: i am super pumped up for it uh as a special thing that we'll be doing uh for fighter fest we will actually be recording our reactions right after the show So Wednesday night, right after the show, it'll be me, Austin, and our special guest, Jeremy Donovan for keeping it strong style to give, you know, give an outside view of everything we loved and liked from, uh, the fighter fest night one. And then we're going to do that again on the eighth. So just to let you know, and just to revise our shows, next week's show is going to come out on Wednesday, the day of fighter fest day one. And then the next week's show after that. It's gonna come off the day of Fighter Fest Week Two, so there won't be any new shows that weekend. Those will be the shows for the week. But I am super excited. Anytime I get to see Cody one week, FTR the next. I mean, we'll go down the schedule, but you know, you know, having oh, yeah. Cody in a show is always gonna give it at least a B in my
1: mind. <laughs> That's all it takes. You just put Cody on the mat on the card, and then you're like, okay, I'm gonna get quality on this show no matter what. So we're good, no matter what else happens. Now we got to talk about being the elite this week. So this week we had um, a really interesting being the elite. There was a lot of funny bits on this one. I especially love the little little thing that we saw at the end of the complete end of the of the show, where they edited the animated Nick and Matt. Uh, outro where they plug everything and talk about pro wrestling tees and all their star stuff um they added blood onto onto matt's head because he's been gigging himself repeatedly so i thought that was a really clever touch and i was just like because i immediately i was like it got to the outro and i'm like oh my god matt died but then i was like oh no they just gigged him and he's going through everything else completely normal besides the fact that he's covered in blood which I thought was a really funny touch considering the the amount of bits they've been doing with that specific thing. Another moment on this show that I – on this one that I liked actually was a little bit of a subtle one because obviously a lot of people have been going – we talked about this last week too about Kenny Omega and how a lot of people are comparing Kenny Omega's stuff that he's been doing in AEW Mm – to the stuff he's been he did in New Japan a few years ago and how that was when he was considered the best wrestler in the world. Kenny brings it up to Colt, who's like he comes in, he's like, Oh yeah, we're joking I'm gonna come and chase me and he's Kenny's not having any of it. He tells him, This is it. I'm not this if I see you again, if you do any of this again, like I'm not kidding with you. I will beat you within an inch of your life and you will not survive the onslaught that I will bring to you. It's like, I'm done with this comedy stuff. It works for you, but I've lost my edge. I need to get back to where I was. And it was a real slight serious moment that we don't see often on BTE. A lot of times it's a lot more joking. And like we said, last, the week before that, we literally had uh, Kenny and coca being ch- chasing all around the Daily's place. But now Kenny's got tapped into a little bit of what people wanted to see from Kenny and what people want to see more of. So I thought that was a nice little nice little bit, too. But overall, it was a pretty solid episode of Being the Elite with some nice little funny bits.
0: Yes. The, my favorite part of the show is that, in fact, Nick and Matt are not just Christian. No, they no, no, no. Christian no. AF. As a person, uh, I find that very, very funny because if you know what AF traditionally means, <laughs> saying you're Christian AF, it's kind of weird. But it's <laughs> so, okay. He was like, get the heck out. He didn't use
1: the hell word. No,
0: he yes, didn't say yes. that. So hes so, you can see he's very Christian. So they're Christian as faith. That's how i take it.
1: Yeah, just take it. That's what they mean. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like how FTR was being taken in so many different places. It, that's what it really means. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah, it's Christian as faith. No, I uh, I th- I thought that's funny. I'm definitely ordering that shirt this week. Uh, <laughs> uh, just hey, I, I you know we like to throw it out there because I we both order a lot from Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, July first noon to I believe it's July fourth at noon. Or July 5th at noon, they're doing their 4th of July sale, 20% off everything. So make sure you order your stuff on Pro Wrestling Tees or shop AEW.com. They pretty much come from the same place. But, yeah, they got a lot of good stuff out there. And this week they announced, and I wonder if you got a kick out of this, the temporary Cody Neck Yeah!
1: <laughs> oh, I yes. got a mega kick out that.
0: Yes, because it's not. It, it, it's funny because they could have just called it a temporary tattoo. No, it's a temporary neck tattoo. If you so, wear it anywhere else, you're doing it wrong. When you wear it anywhere else, that's exactly what I was about to say. You wear it anywhere else, you're doing it wrong, and I will have to shame you. And I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a negative person. I'm positive. I'm going to hug you, and then I'm going to whisper in your ear, you did it wrong.
1: Oh my god. Like it's tempting. It's so tempting cuz yeah. one on um, one hand I'm like I don't really think I need this. I'm like it's 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 whatever. Like yeah. I'll I'll probably grab maybe one or two shirts to support some of my favorite wrestlers. That's the other yeah. thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, for the sale, it's not just AEW, it's everybody that's on pro wrestling T. So if you want to support your favorite wrestler, go ahead and do that cuz this sale is a perfect time to do so. However, there's a slight bit that's tempting. It's just like, I want to get that freaking yes. tattoo just to yes. just slap it on my neck and just be like, look, guys, I'm Cody. I'll bleach my hair, too. I'm going to the hair salon in, like, a couple weeks, so, like, I'll just bleach my hair blonde, and then we'll be good.
0: Yes. If no, you don't know this, I have rather dark skin, so I don't know how many of you listeners know that. I'm I'm black. If I try to put that thing on me, I'm afraid it's not going to show up. That's It's like... In my life, I am a very happy person. It's the one thing I'm jealous of white people on. Y'all, <laughs> yeah. tattoos show up amazing on you. It's a bad like, campus. Yes, it's like I got a Florida State uh, tattoo on my leg, and people are like, is that Washington Redskins? Is that this? And they're just guessing, you know, and I'm like, okay, I have to stop and f- flash a light on it. That's what tattoo is. So I'm like, oh, and that, that's very annoying. So uh, I am hoping the neck tattoo shows up. And that's okay. big. And if it doesn't, I'm just gonna have to get my fair fair skinned friends Sydney and Austin to rock the tattoo, so yeah, right. you know, yeah. people can see it.
1: You'll have to tweet out to see if the, how the results are. And if it doesn't work out, then yeah I'll, yeah, I'll I'll grab me a
0: couple of them and then just slap it on there. And then I will definitely send it will, out. Now I you will... give me something to looking forward to. It's like okay, because I'm, I'm ordering in the Monday during the sale. So when he gets here, I'm gonna be like, yes, I'm, I'm gonna put it on it. post a picture of
1: my neck tattoo and if I and when I put it on uh, my mom will be more disappointed with me than she already is with the whole pro wrestling thing so it's it's a it's a two for one special so it'll be
0: perfect (laughs) But I, I, I would love to be there for your mom's reaction, Oh my especially God, she, if you don't no. tell her it's a temporary tattoo. You just come back. You come from outside and be like, hey, look what I got. Oh, God.
1: oh, no. And she 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 does not like tattoos at all. My my cousin got this really sick Legend of Legend of Zelda tattoo on his on his shoulder, which is uh, it's the Triforce. And on each center on each piece of the Triforce, it's one of the characters from Wind Waker. So you got Zelda, Link and Ganon and it looks sick. And my my mom's just like no why and I'm just like you can't you can't you can't tell me that doesn't look sick. But so if I come home with any tattoos, like she she's like if that's not temporary, you get out of my house.
0: Yes, if she even even if she liked it, she would she would you know she would bury it just so oh. you know. and oh. then she'd probably tell your dad in private. Man, that was a pretty cool tattoo.
1: Oh, I could I could get a tattoo of Donny Osmond, Bon Jovi, and Brian Adams all combined, and she would still tell me like you get that removed right now, even though those are like her three favorite artists of all time.
0: Well, tell your mom Floyd is a Donny Osmond mark. I love oh, you some Donny Osmond. Oh,
1: okay. We'll do. We'll do. I didn't even know that, so now you've just you've just made it with her. That's all. That's all <laughs> she needed to know. Yes. That's all she needed to know. <laughs> now. Let's get into the results from AEW Dark from June 23rd, 2020. We'll go down the results for you guys if you haven't seen it. We had Brian Cage and Robert Anthony taking, taking on each other in a match that lasted all but two minutes because Brian Cage just murdered Robert Anthony, as he's been doing with a lot of people recently. We had a tag team between David Ali and Musa versus SCU with Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. SCU was able to get the victory on that one. Pineapple Pete was back in action. He took on Sean Spears, the chairman, and Sean Spears was able
0: to get the victory on that one. I want to add one thing on the Sean Spears. So I told you about the whole idea of the loaded glove.
1: I was waiting for you to get on this.
0: Yes, I told you, told everyone about the idea of the loaded glove. If you notice, that worked into this match. He put the medal in his hand. Now, you have to know kayfabe to understand this. In wrestling, kayfabe, if you put a roll of coins or anything in your hand, it then makes your hand weigh a lot. You know, it's not really not real. If you put a roll of coins in your hand and hit someone, it's going to hurt just about the same (laughs) as if you just hit them. But in wrestling and kayfabe. Having the medal in your hand makes your hand weigh more. And that's why you knocked the person out. So that's how they did the thing. And the, the not-so-subtle-at-all thing, where uh, they he knocked out Pineapple Pete and then handed the medal to Tully Blanchard. Now, now, this is the weird thing to me. And I don't know if you actually watched it. I don't know the last time a referee checked someone after the match. So why did he have to pull the medal out and hand it to Tully right after the match was over? I don't know about that. I well, yeah, it was the other like thing too is that. It was just like it didn't make any sense. I'm like, I know it's all kayfabe, but you know, I play along. Don't don't get me wrong. I play along, but that was just like why why the hell would you take the medal out of your glove? You're just trying to get caught.
1: I mean, the other thing too is that it's Sean's only been using that glove for a couple weeks now. So you could just
0: yeah, up to yeah, him still Yeah, he, the whole he's tactic. new to it. He doesn't he doesn't know how to get it. Yeah, yeah so I, I feel
1: like the, as as things go on and he continues to use the black glove and he continues to wrestle on dark and dynamite, I think the way that he gets away with it is gonna be more and more consistent and he won't be like, oh no. I think they just did that so that way fans could be like who didn't know the black glove like I did, understand exactly what's going on
0: but so, that, that makes perfect sense and i like i said i love the gimmick i i love it because it takes someone that used to lose a lot and now you can explain why he wins more because yeah, sometimes was, in wrestling a guy will be like on a losing streak and then he'll just start winning and there's no real explanation of why he got better all of a sudden with this one there's a clear explanation of why sean spears is more of a threat than he was before
1: oh yeah 100 percent. we then had Lance Archer destroying Griff Garrison, and then we also had the team of Joey Janella and Sonny Kiss beating Reynolds and Silver from Dark Order. It was nice to see them tag again. We then had Mel getting the victory over Killian King. I believe I pronounced, or is it Killian King? Did I pronounce that right? It is Kylan King.
0: Kylan King. I was yes, completely and, off. and it's kind of good to see Mel get back I, again. This is one of those things. I you know she's a very intimidating person, but I think the more the injuries are probably the reason she's back
1: most likely yeah we then had Scorpio Sky getting the victory over Lee Johnson I, I'm still loving how Scorpio is continuing to go in the singles di- direction we then had Jurassic Express beating Max Caster Serpentico and Luther and then the final match of dark we had Orange Cassidy OC getting the victory over Peter Avalon so those did, are your I results did. for AEW Dark, and be sure to go on the YouTube channel
0: if you haven't seen it yet. I did want to add thing, one thing with Scorpio Sky. Love Scorpio Sky. Uh, I think he's super talented. But when you look at the moves that the higher athletes have in AEW, you know you have Kenny Omega's one wing angel. You have Hangman using either. Uh, the Dead Shot or the Buckshot Lariat. Uh, you have Jericho's Judas Effect. You have Cody Rhodes' Crossroads. I bring this up because I don't think the TKO is good enough. I, you don't think I, so? I, I like it, but it, it, in, with these devastating moves being used as finishers, I just think he needs that something to take him over the top. I think the TKOs are probably a nice setup move, but I think he needs that extra move to get him over the top I don't know what do you think about the move sir
1: I mean I think the TKO is a solid move and I think considering like just the move itself I think it's solid but I think like you said there's a lot of really good finishes in AEW and I think Jericho
0: could you see him pinning Jericho with that TKO would you buy that probably
1: that's the thing yeah you need something that's a lot more your own in order to really make that finish seem huge so i think yeah i think something a little bit more unique something a little bit more like that fits with scorpio sky and his moveset and his ability i think would be a lot better for him to just really find a finish that fits for him because i think that's the thing the tko is a good move and it can be used as a finish, but when you get up higher in the card, you kind of need a finish that's a lot more impactful, a lot more unique, and a lot more specific to you. But, Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Yeah, that's that's. I think you're right on the money with that, though. So that makes complete sense. But right now, we're going to get into the AEW Dynamite for June 24th, 2020. But right before we do that, we want to let you know... That support for all things Elite is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience.
0: Yes, and uh, I just wanted to say, uh, when it comes to it, I have been loving the products, been using them for about three weeks now, and... Everything is looking nice and smelling nice as far as as nice as that area can look. I like I was never a big male groomer before. It's just like, you know, you know, soap and water, you know, keep it clean. But uh, with this, it is it's like taking your grooming to that next level and makes you a little happier. You walk a little straighter. You have a little you have a little more cockiness to you. Pun not intended. I just realized how that sounded. Uh, But (laughs) you have a little more swag in your step when you're feeling fresh down there. So uh, definitely go to the site Manscaped.com. Use the code Suplex to get 20% off and free shipping on your first order.
1: All right. Now let's get into AEW Dynamite for this week. To kick off the show, we had the Lumberjack match between Mr. Mayhem Wardlow with MJF accompanying him. Versus Luchasaurus accompanied by his former by his fellow Jurassic Express members Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy. One thing, first of all, I fucking love best friends. Of course they come out dressed up as lumberjacks. Of course they do. It's I I wouldn't expect anything less from them. But this match was really, really solid. I loved just the overall agility that these guys showed. Like you get two big guys like Wardlow and Luchasaurus, and you expect just hard-hitting action, you don't expect a lot of, like, flippy shit, I guess, but it wasn't even that. It was just really athletic, agile moves that were performed by both of them very, very well. Wardlow hit a great, like, there was just such great moves, too. Like, I loved the shooting star press that Luchasaurus hit on the outside on all of the... Of the lumberjacks, it was just cr- in the just. I love the kicks that Luchasaurus hits. His tail whip that he performs, like just this match was way more agile than you would expect to, because you just you assume that these guys are going to be just blow- hitting each other with big blows, like like because like you're conditioned by other wrestling, like maybe like WWE, to expect just big guys just hitting with big shots, not exactly just moving with the quickness that these two do. And it was just a really, really solid match, man. What
0: did you think of this? Oh, I will call this my Big E match of the week because it there was you two go. big men slapping me. I use that term because straight from Big E, I, I love it. I just, I just love that these are two, and these are two new big guys. These are 2020 big guys because in 90s, probably even early 2000s, these big guys would have just. Threw forearms and slammed and, you know, did a test of strength. But this is 2020. You got... Uh, you got shooting star presses and kicks and uh, Wardlow's freaking athletic and it's just that you know then you still get Brandon Cutler trying to be a good lumberjack and get the two back in the ring and then his ass gets chunked and then they uh, get on top of I believe Luchasaurus on the outside of the ring on the hillside and he just throws them all off of them because it was, it was just such an impressive uh, performance by both I have been waiting for a Luchasaurus, like singles match against someone legitimate to see what he can do. And in this one, MJF becomes the first person in AEW to pin Luchasaurus.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a big it's a big uh, accomplishment, definitely. And I also really liked how JR and uh, Tony Schiavone pointed out that like Wardlow is really good. And like right now, he's a lackey for the smug MJF. But when he breaks off and does his own thing, he's somebody that people need to watch out for because yet we you don't see him too often in the ring because MJF is the focus. He's the main event. But Wardlow is proving to people that he can go and will go crazy when given the opportunity.
0: Yeah, that F ten is a freak of like a freaking nature. It's like you you shouldn't be able to do that to people his size. You shouldn't be able to pick Luchasaurus up and spin him around in the air like that. It's just like (laughs) that should not be physically possible. But yeah, definitely physically possible with him.
1: It's like it seems like anything's possible when you put a guy like that and just with that much athleticism. But MJF was able to distract Rick Knox. Which gave Wardlow the time to hit a low blow on on Luchasaurus and then hit that F ten again. But after that was over, Jungle Boy and Lucha, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt went to check up on Luchasaurus after the match. But MJF just jumps them, and then just all the lumberjacks get into the ring. Chaos starts going as everyone's beating the crap out of each other. And then Jim Ross says that Tony Khan just gave Ward over the headset that at Fighter Fest, it's going to be MJF and Wardlow versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and I am very, very excited for that. Match yeah, anytime,
0: just... anytime MJF and Jungle Boy are in the ring together, I want to see it. Uh, they were mentioning that this can be kind of the rivalry going forward. Actually, Tony mentioned that on Unrestricted this week, that MJF and Jungle Boy could very much be a rivalry, one of the new rivalries that AEW's built on.
1: Yeah, and I think that it's something that can go for for a good while too. Like considering how MJF and Cody is going to be is the feud that will last forever because they just it's, it's the history between them is huge. But this is another really solid rivalry too because Jungle Boy just he's so pure. It's just when you look at him, he's just a pure dude, and MJF just complete dick. So it's it's a perfect mesh for a rivalry, and then having. The addition of Luchasaurus and Wardlow just makes it, like, it's it's two sides that are, like, you can see the similarities, but you can also see the mega differences, and they're just going to collide at Fighter Fest, and it's going to be a great match, and I'm very excited for it.
0: Yeah, the big thing with MJF and Wardlow is that they're business arrangement. You know, MJF, in essence, pays workload to be his bodyguard. So, the thing is, business relationships change all the time. You know, you got Jurassic Express with Jungle Boy, and they're friends. They are family. You know, they they hang out together when they're not wrestling. You know, they text each other. They're on Facebook together. That's more of something that lasts for a while. But at least MJF and the know what each other are. Like MJF probably fully expects Warlow to turn on him one day, and he's like, "Okay, I'm okay with that because I fully plan on turning on you one day." So, I, I it's it's just the dynamics in the relationship are pretty amazing. I just like the difference in how they interact with each other. I
1: think it will really translate into the match too. I think we're gonna see some really good stuff there. We then found out, oh, bless bless it! I was I was terrified about this for so long. Thankfully, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, was grateful enough to take Tony Schiavone off of the friendship timeout that he was on from last week. He is now, he's totally good. He's clear of all transgressions, so we're good.
0: That well, it, was, you was know worried. what? That is how virtuous and how... Respecting the doctor is, uh, to, you know, to how nice she is to and forgiving that she is to let Tony off the hook. She was in that trash can for at least six hours, you know. At least. At least six even though, hours. Even
1: though, even though the show's only two hours, but you know.
0: Yeah, she was in there at least six hours, and she was embarrassed, and Tony wasn't there to save her. So that's his fault. But she forgave him. I, you know, Doctor Britt, Doctor Britt, thank you for giving for forgiving Tony.
1: And my Tony, I was a, as a commentating man, I appreciate it for the forgiveness there. It's forgiveness is a wonderful virtue, and I appreciate the gratitude that Doctor Britt Baker showed towards Tony. Now <laughs> we had uh, the AEW Women's Champion Hikaru Shida taking on Red Velvet. When when Shida came out of the tunnel and then walk down to ringside Penelope Ford the number 1 contender along with uh oh apologies I'm blanking on his name I feel terrible. Uh, Kip, Kip Sabian, Sabian. I got it I got it I got it I got it. Penelope Ford was there with Kip Sabian and they were just going after-sheeta just running their mouth as Sheeta walked down to the ring and Sheeta was not dealing with it. They were not she was not She was not in the mood, so she, after she gets decked by Penelope Ford before the match begins, she then runs into the ring, beats Red Velvet within, like, 20 seconds, and then proceeds to immediately beat her, get out the ring, and jumps Penelope Ford and also nails Kip Sabian with a vicious strike to the forehead and right to his sunglasses to the point where he was missing a shade. He was missing one of his lenses, and these two got had to get pulled apart before it got out of hand. I am super excited to see this matchup because it's going to give Penelope Ford a great opportunity to showcase herself. We've seen a lot of her; she's been really hot over the last few weeks. So seeing her take on Sheeta is going to be a huge moment, I think. And I think I'm—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm just loving Hikaru Sheeta as the women's champion. So I just want to see more. Of how her reign goes, and having a matchup against Penelope Ford should add to it a lot.
0: This segment really did heat up this match. I oh, thought yeah. the match didn't have a lot of heat, but Hardcore Shooter coming out and she's angry and staring at Penelope, and they kind of reaching at each other before. And then she shows how pissed off she is because you know what? She didn't even play with Red Velvet. Needed a face, Falcon Arrow, boom, done. Literally, and let me tell you. I was, uh, she was coming down towards the ring. They got in a little attack with a uh, Penelope Ford. I ran to get something to drink and I missed the match. I literally <laughs> had to rewind it because the match happened so fast. But then I realized the brawl after was like even better than that. In the background, you had a uh, Caesar Bonani. Who has recently been released from NXT he's just standing there with his eyes wide open you know maybe he, he could be a aew recruit in the future but he's standing there with his eyes wide open watching these women go at it and you know poor uh, uh poor Ricky Starks could call a little bit of the backlash from it it was just like okay now I'm excited to see this match I can honestly say it was like I knew the match was happening. But I didn't really have any emotional ties to it before this segment.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I think it's just because um, Penelope Ford hasn't had a ton of um, like opportunities to showcase herself. Because, again, she's still working with Kip Sabian. But this this segment did add to the heat of the match. And it made it feel more important. And I'm really glad for that, too. And just... Sheeta just looks like a fucking badass, and I love it so much. So I'm glad that this segment happened because it really added to the match, and I think it's going to showcase a lot more, and I think we'll get a lot more people focused and uh, intrigued on seeing how this match turns out. Now, after this, we had the Fighter Fest press conference for the TNT Championship between the American Nightmare Cody and Jake Hager. When the press conference started... Hager was nowhere to be found. He was not there. And they just continued on without him. Arn Anderson talked about how he knew Cody was motivated about this matchup because of the comments made last week. And now he talks about how he thinks that Jake Hager could be doubting himself now. And then Cody talked about how his championship, how the TNT championship represents hope in pro wrestling. He talked about how all of this stuff that's been going on since he held the title, how he's showcasing new talent, how he's giving opportunities to new people. And as he's talking about this, Jake Hager finally shows up and he brings his wife as well. He just comes up being like, are you ready? They do the pose. They take the pictures for the photographers. He then taunts Cody by putting his fist to Cody's neck, Cody's uh, cheek Cody doesn't take it. He's just he slaps it away, calms everybody down. As Hager walks away and Cody starts to walk away, Hager's wife just throws a throws a glass at him, throws some water or some drink at him and then just pieces out. And that was the end of the press conference and there's still we're not sure how this is going to go. It's it's an interesting dynamic for sure. What are you thinking about this?
0: Few thoughts. First of all, the whole press conference gimmick. Like, the whole thing, I think, I would honestly say, not many on this show because I actually really enjoyed the show, but I felt like it was a swing and a miss. You think so? yeah, I just... It didn't add anything to the match to me. Now, I mean, if it did to anyone out there, you know what? That's great. Because not everything is for everybody on every show. I just didn't like it. Now, did I like what Arn said? How he uh how he used a coaching motivational tool he basically told Cody that he wasn't ready, so Cody would prove to him that he was ready. It was like he never thought that jake that uh Cody wasn't ready for Jake he was using it as a motivational tool then Cody talking about what the belt meant to him and how it's hope and how. Ricky Starks came with, like, $3 in his pocket and left with a job. I think all of that hit great. But I think that would have been just a great in-ring promo. I think the press conference setup, nothing really added to this whole match. I think it could have been Cody and Aaron cutting an in-ring promo with Jake coming out basically doing the same thing. I will say... Uh, his wife has the most natural Catalina has the most natural heel heat of like any woman I've seen since Vicky Guerrero. Mm. It's like Vicky Guerrero came out and people booed her and hated her from the moment she said excuse me. It's the same way with her. She has such a And I wouldn't even call it a resting bitch face. I would call it a resting angry face. That you just want to immediately boo. A resting smug face. That's the best word. She has a very smug look on her face. Like she is better than you. And you immediately want to boo her. And... That kind of heat, you can't teach. So I want to give her, like, even when I say I didn't like a segment, I can tell you a whole bunch of stuff I did like out of it. And her throwing the water on Cody, it's funny because I was at a con, what, four or five years ago? Well, I guess it was like, it has to be like six years ago, where Cody came as Stardust and uh, Stephen Amell was there. And, you know, Brandy threw water in Stephen Amell's face. And I just remember that Vividly, like uh, you know, like you you know, it, it just seemed like the same actions there, and it was pretty cool. And all I have to say is Catalina better watch out, cause she might catch a bionic spear from Brandy. So <laughs> she better not get physically involved. Like I said, there was a lot from it to take from it, but it just it just like it didn't hit with me like I thought it should.
1: Yeah, I could see how they were trying to make it like a lot and make it feel big and obviously press conferences are a good a decent way to get intrigue in a match i mean you see it all the time and
0: yeah absolutely yeah and if if it wasn't for COVID, they could have filled it in with reporters and i think that's what it was is that it looked very sparse so there wasn't a big fight feel to it
1: yeah i think that's the thing is that we're still continuing to use these techniques even though we live in a in a COVID-lived world, and in a different circumstance where fans were in attendance and reporters were able to be in attendance, it would make it seem a lot. And you could see, like, camera snapping and all this kind of stuff. But without that, it just rings a little hollow. It, I mean, it, I can you can still see what they're doing, and it makes sense. Like, this should be working, but it's just not because of the world that we live in and because we can't have the same atmosphere
0: yeah, now it wouldn't be honest for me to be like, man, this is the greatest thing ever, because it wasn't. It just felt like it was just something that was happening. You know what I mean? It was like I could I could wax poetic about a whole bunch of different parts of that show. But I honestly could say that was the like one I felt what would have been a swing and a miss. Yeah, but overall the match is still looking to oh, be yeah. very entertaining. I mean, Jake Hager is a beast of a man. It's like, I've already seen him, but until I saw him in a bar in Gainesville, Texas, then I noticed how huge that man is. God, like, Like, you stand next to him, and it's just like, you look up, and he is just so, like, the best word I can use is thick, and his hands are, like, freaking huge. It's like, again... I always say people in MMA uh, have a different thought because I looked at Jake Hager and I was like, dude, I would never want to piss that man off. And people in MMA look at that dude like, I can take him. And I was like, you have a different, completely different mindset than me because that dude is freaking <laughs> like... It's like I've seen intimidating people. I've been around wrestling most of my life. But it, it's, it's just like... It's that one guys that you're around, and you're around them, and you know they have that air of confidence around them, like they know they can kick your ass. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a thought. You're not even a threat to them, and that's kind of Jake's natural instinct. Is that you know natural uh, aura is aura of a badass. Like when you meet him in you she's like, Good Lord, that's a badass, and it's like, no question, it's like, yeah, so he's a very big he's a very big dude, and he's always gonna be believable to me because you know I've seen the big hurt in action, so
1: yeah, I'm trying to remember when I was at revolution and um after the show because I remember because when we went to the hotel room, um we were over by the bar where a lot of the wrestlers just decided to stop by real quick after the show was over. And I believe I shook hands with Jake Hager. I could be wrong. That night's um, there's a lot that happened that night, and I was, it's a little fuzzy for me because it's been a while. But I've, I believe I shook Jake Hager's hand, and yeah, he's fucking huge. If I didn't shake his hand, I saw him, and he's huge. So I totally get that that what you're saying there, because he's just a big dude. So, but it's a TNT championship. It's Cody. There's gonna be a lot of hype surrounding it, no matter what. Just this segment didn't necessarily hit the way it should have. After this, we had the exalted one Brody Lee with Silver and Reynolds of the Dark Order accompanying him. Teaming with Boom Boom Cole Cabana as they took on the team of Joey Janella and Sonny Kiss. Who, as it goes on more and more, I'm really loving this team. Because just the way they work together and the chemistry that they seem to have... It's weird because it doesn't seem like this should be a team that you would expect that would work as well as it does, but it works really well. And I loved, I loved the finish of this match so much. There was a lot of high spots. Sonny and Joey were just flying all over the place and just jumping like crazy, taking huge risks and off the top rope, 450s, just huge high-risk dives. But the way it finished was the thing that really, really... I loved how it turned out. We had Brody who nailed Joey Janela with the discet lariat, and then Cole Cabana, who's the legal man, comes into the ring, and then just Brody presents Joey Janela. He presents the bad boy for the pinfall for for Colt, and Colt just looks at it, quickly jumps for it, and then gets the pinfall victory. He gets a win after weeks and weeks of just getting losses, and Brody's just pretty much serving him that win like Excalibur said he served it on a silver platter and he's really pushing like see you're getting wins when you're with us buddy just stick with us and this will continue he's selling the dark order as much as he possibly can for Colt and Colt seems like he's buying into it more and more and after this also we had Lance Archer just uh, oh demolish- no I, oh, I was to say about this-
0: I was gonna say about that match and I'm sorry I had myself on mute so I started talking and yeah, and I realized you couldn't hear me. Yeah, uh, go ahead, brother. No, uh, Janela and uh, Sunny Kiss. Very, you know, their contrast makes them very interesting because you have this kind of dirt bag, and then you have this pretty person, and it's just like the it's like a negative and a positive, you know, that opposites attract thing. That's really cool. But I think the whole Cole Cabana Dark Order storyline is my favorite thing in AEW right now, as far as a storyline because. Cole Cabana is this fun-loving, happy gimmick that people haven't taken serious for years. He's the comedic match guy. He does the Superman pin. Ha ha, there's Cole. And, you know, and then you find out there's this different side of Colt, that he's been professional wrestling for 20 years. He wants to win. He takes him serious. He wants to do it in a fun way, but he is a serious athlete. And he, you know, doing it his comedic and fun way, it wasn't working out for him the way he wanted to. So the Dark Order, who does then does prey on people at their lowest, preyed on pe- uh, Colt, When he needed this win, it's just such a
2: juicy. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code Champion150. Then, betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington
0: dc meaty storyline because you know obviously you believe it's going to end with coke Cabana versus Brody Lee as a match. That's what you think. But this one, you know, he serves Cole Cabana up. You're like, okay, it wasn't working doing it the old way. Why not try it Brody Lee's way? In Brody Lee's way, you get wins. You had Alex Silver, you know, Alex uh, Silver and uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver out helping. They get, you know, and they win. Uh, So, it's just like, and it's kind of a big win because Joey Janela, even though Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss are a new tag team, you know, they they were pretty hot. They had won a couple matches. They had good chemistry, and to lose that early, you know, kind of sets them back. So, it's like, because I really didn't know who was going to win or how they were going to play the story out. So, this match had a lot of intrigue for me, and I think... Sonny Kiss and Joey Janella building up the story that they're still getting their chemistry right. They just started. So of course they can lose early. You know what I mean? And it doesn't hurt them. But then you have Brody Lee and Coco and it adds so much to them moving forward. So I am, I am very intrigued by this. Uh, the Dark Order. I was one of the few people that was like all about the Dark Order at the beginning. And you know I didn't know it was going to turn into this. Now I'm not going to act like I'm Nostradamus and uh, figured this out before anybody, but it has really took a turn and it works. And then we found out this week on Talk is Jericho that uh, the people that were talked about as the leader of the Dark Order were Marty Skrull, Matt Hardy, uh brody lee and i think they were going to use luther if brody lee didn't work out so i i think it's intriguing what what's been going on how that first name it's almost like thank god that didn't work out thank god he said no almost you know what yeah. i mean because it ends up working out with brody lee and i think having the exalted one be such an intimidating singles presence on his own Adds to the Dark Order. It's not like there's this guy that's five seven. No disrespect to short people, you know. There's not that, like it's this guy that's five seven that needs a lot of help. It's this guy that is completely intimidating on his own, and he rules with a as a bully and with an iron fist. By uh, but also he takes advantage of you feeling low.
1: Yeah, and it's a good. It's a really good fit, and it's like when Brody, when Brody Lee did arrive in AEW I I was like oh my god they're going down this path with him but then I was like yeah this is a good fit I really like this fit and then after this match as well Lance Archer jumped Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela and then they just well Joey went to throw a steel chair at at Lance Archer and didn't really work out too well and just nailed him with a big boot and yeah, Lance Archer is just continuing to run rough shot after he didn't win the uh, the uh, TNT Championship, and he's showing that like he sh- he's still a beast that should be taken seriously. And he's making sure like Jake the Snake had to keep Lance Archer from going after Janela too hard because after he hit that big boot, he wanted to continue laying beatings on Joey and Sunny Kiss. So I yeah. expect that we're gonna see more
0: between them in, a
1: f- in the future. It-
0: And that personality dynamic has taken a a change. Uh, I, I respect Jake the Snake, but when he was first starting, I thought all his promos were about him and not how big of a badass Lance Archer is. Again... Great pivot, he took a note, and now he can't control Lance Archer. And he's even afraid of Lance Archer. He doesn't know what he wants to do. He's saving Lance Archer's victims because Lance Archer is too crazy and going too hard. I love it. You know, when people say, oh, you can't teach old dog new tricks, Jake the Snake has adjusted his role in this relationship very well.
1: Very much so, yeah. And I'm just I'm excited to see what else he does. Now we get to your boys, we get to FTR taking on SCU. So Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler taking on Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. And I love this match. Like just the way that Dax and Cash just worked, Frankie, just repeatedly, just working on the arm, going crazy old school tag team wrestling, just working a single body part and just wrenching it repeatedly throughout the rest of the match. And they just kept isolating them. and Well, they just kept doing vicious moves. SCU had a lot of great spots in there as well. And it's like two freaking awesome tag teams just putting a clinic on on how to do a freaking solid tag team matchup. And it was just hugely hugely entertaining. And it was a big victory as well for FTR. And and what did you think of this match? I want to hear your thoughts. This was my favorite match that I saw
0: all week. Not surprised. Not shocking at all. Uh, This was straight 80s tag team. And the reason I say this, this was more of an 80s face versus face tag team. The thing about FTR is they haven't worked heel yet. You know, they, they work body parts, they cut off the ring, but everything that they do right now is legal. And in certain parts of it, when they did the hot tag, Cash Wheeler hot tag, Dax Harwood. And that was like, you know, the hot tag is usually reserved you know, for the face tag team, so this was a great face versus face battle, it was very hard hitting, uh, Amy, uh, Amy Phoenix AEW, who used to be a host on this show, she said this is like a strong style that they brought, and that's really what it was, it, it was, you know, kicks, punches, you know, moves, then, you know, not a lot of flips, I mean, uh, Cash Wheeler busted out a surprising hurricane rana, a hurricane rana or, or Frankensteiner, and people were like, I thought you said no flips. Well, as they do in their matches, that was a ode to the Steiner brothers who the Frankensteiner was named by uh, Scott Steiner. He used to do that move in the matches. They were very physical people, but you know, he still busted out uh, a Frankensteiner every now and then. So, uh, you then got the suplex uh, splash combination attempt. You got a Vegematic, which is when he was holding the guy and then he dropped and did the leg drop. Again, straight out to the Midnight Express. Uh, you know, SCU, very crisp tag team. Lots of great double team maneuvers. I love that they were kind of booked as even. I mean, I know I could go on this match. I mean, seriously, we could do another hour show just about this match because I love tag team wrestling so much. But the highlight of the match, and if you listen to my other show, Around Around the Ring uh, on WrestleJoy, you will hear that this is probably going to be high on my list is when my boy, Dax Harwood, he hit a slingshot suplex. Now, I know a lot of people, I don't know, had you ever seen a slingshot suplex? not in a while if I have I haven't seen it in a while that was Tully Blanchard's finishing move in the 80's he would hit the slingshot suplex and that's how he would get the one, two, three. so he hits the slingshot suplex and then he throws up to 4 and again uh, you know 4 Horsemen my favorite faction of all time my favorite group of all time I have more like different stuff that I've had signed and stuff from the 4 Horsemen that any wrestling group ever so they they were my childhood they were my heroes aren't my favorite wrestler of all time so to give a shout out to the four horsemen where in in you know you know if you're looking at it you're looking at a lot of hints of people throwing up the four you know and there's only a certain amount of people throwing up this four and it's like is it is it breadcrumbs? Is it, you know, is it little things leading to what I hope is the uh, a reemergence of a new horseman? Maybe, maybe not. That's off the line. But that moment when he threw up the floor, I'm literally in my chair and I jump out of it. And I'm like, you know, me, I'm an excitable person as it is. If you can't tell by what I'm talking, my wife is like, what the hell are you doing? What is wrong? What happened? And I just kept screaming, he threw up the four. He threw up the four. She didn't know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> she couldn't care less. And I, I did it, and she showed it. She's like, is he part of the four horsemen? And the fact that she got that made me love her even more. Yeah. So, and there was an actual moment where I felt more in love with my wife. And it was like that she knew what I was talking about there. So, yeah. That's- the, this was this was amazing. I love that the finish kind of came out of nowhere and it was kind of ugly, you know, because that's what wrestling used to be. I mean, wrestling is pretty now. It is Okada versus Omega. It is Will Osprey versus Ricochet, which I am fine with. I love it. I you know I am old, but I I, I you know with wrestling I can change with uh, the times. But this was old school and grimy and not everything was smooth and it really does make it look more like a fight to me and that's what I love about FDR I thought SCU was the perfect tag team partners I would be shocked if anybody does it any better than that
1: no man I'm like once I saw that four too I'm like Floyd just lost his shit right there I'm like it's it's done because every time that four gets thrown up I know instantly like they're teasing it so hard and I know Floyd's going nuts about it. And yeah, after the match, Butcher and the Blade took hostage, FTR's pickup truck. And then the Lucha Bros made their return jumping behind uh Dax and Cash. And they challenged FTR and the Young Bucks to an eight-man tag match at Fighter Fest, which holy shit that's my match that I'm looking forward to the most.
0: Yes, um, again, this is like Lucha Bros. If you heard me last week, I said I can't wait. They're part of. They're probably part of my three favorite tag teams ever. I even said that last week, and it was like at this point in time, in the ring, were the Lucha Bros. and FTR, and then came out the Young Bucks. So it was like one, two, three, let's fight. Like, the only way this could have been better if it was like Lucha Bros and Piled and Powerful against these same four people. Because you would literally have one, two, three, and 4 in the ring at the same time. But I love the Butcher and the Blade. They're, to me, again, 80s, very much an 80s tag team, throwback tag team, grimy. Uh, their match with FTR I thought was really good. So, it, it leading to the rivalry in here. And then, yeah, Lucha Bros. The most exciting tag team in the world, uh, you know, I, you know, I can't say it's a lot. Really close. Ray Phoenix does something every match that I've never seen before. Pentagon has this such this natural charisma that he took three fingers going up and three fingers going down and made it a thing. So, you know, a dude that doesn't even speak the language has people chanting a Spanish phrase. So how much charisma do you have to do that? To pull that over? So, I, I just, I'm super excited about this match. I imagine it's going to go crazy and it's going to have a bunch of people yelling about that there's no rules in a W and I love it because it's eight-man tags are supposed to be pandemonium. I generally hate multi-man tags, but this one, it there's a story behind it. The uh, if you haven't paid attention, FTR has been taking shots at the Lucha Bros since they got there, saying that they we're gonna teach them tag team wrestling, cause you know put the tag in tag team wrestling, cause they don't know how to tag, you know. Again, I understand because you don't have to actually tag in Mexico. So, it's not—it's more of a suggestion than a hard rule. Yeah, so, yeah. when they wrestle here, I can see, you know, you get confused. But FTR has really been going at Lucha Bros when it comes to tag. So, there's a story there. They're butchering the blade. They want to be noticed. And they know the best way to get noticed is go after best. And, of course, FTR is trying to take that step over everybody to get to the tag belts so again you can see other tag teams having problems with them and then the young bucks that tenuous relationship between the young bucks and ftr are they going to be able to get along are they going to turn on each other oh my god i'm excited for that match
1: oh yeah there's like so much to look forward to in LA. like you said like eight man tags can be at times too much this is just just right, I think. Just the right amount of much. And I think it's just going to be absolute chaos in the best possible way. We then had a really solid video package hyping up tag team titles match between Best Friends and Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page that's taking place at Fighter Fest. I'm so happy that Best Friends are getting this shot. I've been saying it forever. I think Best Friends have been overdue for a tag team title shot. They even said in the video package, everywhere we've gone, we've never been tag champions. So... This is their moment where they can really get a shot. And Kenny Omega and Hangman talked about how they may not be great friends. They're definitely not best friends, but they're the best wrestlers and they're the best tag team that's in AEW right now, and that's the reason why they have that title. It's a match that I think a lot of people should be keeping their eyes on because, I mean, they literally said, we decided to have the best tag team match in all of wrestling just like that.
0: So... Yeah. These guys kind of came off of as a dick. If you were paying attention.
1: Oh, a little bit. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's like, we like decided like to slightly? be the tag team.
0: Damn. Just like that. We're the champions. He was kind of a dick and I kind of dug it. I downed. it. I like this whole video package again, did a good job of building the best friends as a legitimate team that actually has a chance of winning because I had kind of rolled them off as just, you know, a carryover champion to the next event now they've kind of sold me on the fact that the best friends could win.
2: Yeah,
1: and again, Kenny, Kenny too, like with those comments made, like he's really, he's building himself up. He's getting that ego going too, because like he was called the best wrestler in the world for years, and now he's kind of. Not much have been said about that for a while. But now he's like, "Oh, no, I'm still the best, and I'm teaming with the best too because we like we became champions. We wanted to be champions. then we became champions. It was that easy. We wanted the best tag team match of all time. We made the best tag team match of all time. Did't take that long. So, like he's carrying himself like he like he knows he's the best. So it'll be interesting to see how the dynamic goes uh, as we go into that match at Firefest. So I'm really pumped about that.
0: I we then mean, had. Ooh.
1: Oh, go ahead
0: i just said me too
1: oh yeah we then had the very 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 short match between brian cage and john cruz i am sorry john you got murdered tonight taz was on commentary for a little bit just hyping up brian cage but then he comes out this match was supposed to be uh john moxley versus john cruz but moxley was uh decided not to attend because he did come in contact with somebody with Covid nineteen specifically, uh Renee Young, his lovely wife, uh, had tested positive for Covid nineteen, so she quarantined, and because he's been in contact with her, he also took the time to step away. Um, I believe he still should be good for week two of Fighter Fest, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's still set to go for that, so there's no worry about the match being canceled, and whatnot. Um, also, uh, our our hearts go out to Renee. We're hope we're hoping she's doing well. Um, we, and everything that's going on too, with the amount of cases that popped up at the performance center. Yeah. We're hoping
0: everybody's doing okay. Get well, but. soon, get well soon, Renee. She's been tweeting and she seems to be feeling better. Uh, so hopefully Moxley does his isolation and he gets out of the woods. Uh, you know, in this case, very much. You won't hear me say this very much. In this case, wrestling comes definitely, Definitely a far, far second. I want to make sure Moxley's healthy and that he's not in Jacksonville handing it out to other people. So I definitely take his time, get better, take care of your wife. You know, there's, and, you know, there are things in the world more important than wrestling. I don't say that much. I don't say that very often, and my wife would probably be shocked to hear that. But <laughs> there are things more important than wrestling in life. Yeah, no, like life, like living, like living and being (laughs) healthy. Yes, living, being more important than, you know, wrestling.
1: (laughs) Yes, you can defend your title at a different point if that's the case. So it's fine. But Taz and just stared directly in the camera after Brian Cage picked up the quick victory and just said, you are staring at your fate right here. And can you stop the path of Cage? And he's just he wants you to ask yourself that. So. This match is still getting built. Again, we're hoping that Moxley's still good to go when Fighter Fest comes around. He's going to be taking part of week two, so we have another week to see how that situation pans out in the future. After that, we had a backstage segment with Brody Lee and Kol Bana. Brody Lee wanted to ask Kol for one more chance to show him how good winning feels, how good victory feels, and he asked him to tag with him to face SCU at Fighter Fest. So we're going to get to see another chance to see Brody Lee and Colt Cabana teaming together. So I'm interested to see how this goes because SCU is a more formidable opponent in the tag team division. So we'll have to see former tag team champions, obviously. So we'll yeah, see it's even how more this match goes on.
0: Because in the story of you know Colt coming to AEW, he came in with SCU. Yeah. That was the team he came in with. He was kind of tied to SCU for a while. Now he has to fight them to, against the Dark Order, which, you know, a lot of people thought Chris Daniels was the exalted one. So it's just like there's a whole bunch of threads connecting here. And I'm like, if Cole Cabana and Brody Lee get the win, are they, you know, they will be 2-0 and o against two good tag teams. Are they going to, you know, be on the tag team? title chase and then they already have Evil Uno and Stu so th- there's so many threads in this match like I love I would call this and I hate to call it this but I love feuds and storylines that have nothing to do with the title but are still intriguing and that's what this is right now it's like no belts are on the line nothing but it's so intriguing that you have to pay attention
1: yeah, no, 100%. And also, remember the history with uh, CD with the Dark Order, how like we didn't necessarily know if CD, at, the, at a point in time, we didn't know if he was the Exalted One or if he was joining the Dark Order. There was a lot of uh, mystery surrounding that. So there's still history between SCU and the Dark Order. So there's a lot that's yeah, going to the So this it's magic.
0: not just like a nothing match they put no, together. No, of course not. The, the, each person has a part in this story. You know, that has to do with Colt Kevin and Brody Lee. Brody Lee still has beef with Christopher Daniels for saying he didn't exist and Frankie K was saying he didn't exist. So it's like, okay, this is not just a random match. We needed a fill in match for Fighterfest. This match has a story. Whoever wins it matters. If if Brody Lee and Colt matters, it's like, Colt, he you keep winning with him, when are you gonna accept that this is fake? If they lose, Brody Lee is like You know, you're, you know, Colts, you know, know, he's not a winner and he's kind of going back on his word. So I'm really looking forward to this match.
1: Oh, yeah, me as well. And then afterwards, it's something else I'm looking forward to the continuing back and forth between Big Swole and Dr. Britt Baker. So Britt Baker, in response to what happened last week when Big Swole hijacked her Rolls Royce, uh, proceeded to surround her Rolls Royce with plexiglass so that way she wouldn't be thrown into the dumpster again. Uh, Big Swole then all of a sudden just starts coming up on her and Dr. Britt Baker is just taunting her a little bit because he's like, you can't get to me. She called her trash at one point and Big Swole's response to that was to go back, climb on top of the of the Rolls Royce from, the, from behind and then just carried a trash can and dumped it on Britt Baker and turns out she was the one who was trash and Britt's just screaming and just losing it and just absolutely furious like big swole got her again got it got one up on her again and you can expect that i'm sure retaliation is on is the one thing that's on brit baker's mind and i'm just loving I'm, I'm these very much looking
0: forward to that new security guard getting fired
1: yeah it seems like that's probably going to be the case because two weeks in a row that's that's not a great sign it's not a great trend to be happening we then had our next match which was broken mad hardy also known as damascus um he took on Santana of Pride and Powerful, uh, uh Pride and Powerful, and uh, this match um was a really really solid match too. Anytime I can see Broken Matt Hardy wrestle is always a great chance. Um, but also the one thing that I really took away from this match the most, and it's the one thing that I've really taken away from Santana and the way that him and Ortiz work off each other, it's like one of my favorite things about them was Ortiz on the outside. Like when Santana was getting beaten up and he was getting into a vulnerable position and he was starting to lose it a little bit more, Ortiz just kept sh- shouting. He's like, he's trying to take your food. He's trying to take your spot. He's he's he, he's he's coming after you. You gotta you gotta fight because Santana, like in previous video packages and previous weeks on Dynamite, talked about how he fought so much to get uh, to where he is and how much how many trials and tribulations he had to gone through. And Ortiz using that as a way to try to get his partner back into the game was a moment that I was like, it was like, it was a slight moment that I like I noticed. And then I was like taken aback from it a little bit. And it was something that I really enjoyed seeing. And it's just Ortiz and Santana knowing each other really well. And the match itself was really solid. And I, and it was a great little, um, great little sequence in this, in the finish of Santana went for a penny combination, took, a bit too much time, and then the veteran, Matt Hardy, was able to get the roll-up and get the victory overall. So what would you think of this,
0: Floyd? Very, very, uh you know, entertaining match. Uh, it's all they told the story of Matt Hardy well. He's, like, not going to be a super bell-to-bell guy, so I liked that they kept the match kind of short, you know, to, and they uh, pretty much leaned into what he was strong at, and that is what you're going to need to do with Matt Hardy and I do like that Proud and Powerful is booked as being stronger together than they are apart, because as soon as the match was over, they hit the street sweeper, and you saw they are a dominant tag team. They're just not as dominant as singles.
1: Yeah, and I think that's because we haven't really seen them too often in singles uh, matches, and I think having the veteran Matt Hardy go over on a tag team wrestler definitely made the most sense. And also, after that, at, yeah, Like you said, after that Street Sweeper was hit, Private Party comes to even the odds. Obviously, Matt Hardy is taking them under his wing. So they then were able to even the odds a little bit. So overall, it was really solid, and I really enjoyed it. We then had the main event, which was the face-off between Le Champion, Chris Jericho, and freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Now, I want to hear – I'm really intrigued to see uh, here, Floyd, your thoughts off this real quick before I say anything. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. Okay, Chris Jericho is a master. Yes.
0: He, he took Why Did the Chicken Cross the Road, and he kept saying it. And I'm like, what the fuck is he getting to? I, you know, I saved, I saved one F-bomb for the end of the show. Where is he going with this? I'm like, why did the chicken cross the road? And then he broke it down. And I was like, do you know that's exactly how people have told me they felt about Orange Cassidy? Like, Exactly they're like you saw him the first time it's awesome you see him the second time it's awesome third or fourth time you're like well he's not doing anything why should I care and it was hilarious and he brought it together so well and it's like uh, Tiffany has once told me that she thinks Jericho is the greatest of all time and with every week and every promo and every commentary and every great match I'm having less and less of an argument against her yeah He's just so good. And it just, it elevated the profile of this match. Orange Cassidy is, like, he matters. And to everybody that's going to be watching him for the first time, you know, he's going to perform well. And it's just, I am so excited about this match that I did not care about. Like, I had heard it was going to be a match, and I didn't care about it at all. But now I'm just like, are they gonna go with OC? Is OC gonna beat uh is it gonna be Chris Jericho? Or is how's this gonna work out? And it's just like Chris Jericho's so good, he can beat you and still get you over.
1: Oh yeah, no, and like I like you said that one that when he was just repeating that joke, I'm like, what on earth? Like, why are we doing this? I'm like, I I had I had like one moment where I had flashbacks of like of like suffering succotash shit. And I was like, no, 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 no. So I was a little bit nervous. But then when I realized what he was going with, I was like, that's fucking genius. I was so for it. Just it's a joke. Everyone knows. But the more you hear it, the more annoying you realize it is. And that's what Orange Cassidy is. And I was like, oh, my God, the, the little journey you took us on with that. Like it's he's just such a good promo. He's such a good promo. And he's just, yeah, I totally understand why people would consider him the greatest of all time. I mean, he's been calling himself that for a very good while. And it, you, it's harder and harder to argue against it because it's just, he comes out and he proves it every single week. Orange Cassidy just taunts him at first and just starts doing those light kicks. Shows he's not intimidating until Chris Jericho grabs those Ray-Bans off of OC's face and then breaks them in his own hands. And then... That's when Orange Cassidy just breaks out of it, starts laying in to Jericho. They start brawling all throughout the ring until Jericho takes a jib camera and then swings it into O.C.'s face to the point where he's busted open, like, right behind his ear. And then Orange Cassidy then throws him down onto the railing until he runs up the stairs of the Daily's Place, runs down, nails him with a Superman punch, and Jericho goes flying through a table. And it was a great finish to lead into um, Fighter Fest. I thought it was a great moment to get people hyped for week one of Fighter Fest and get people hyped for yes. how huge these two weeks are going to be for AEW.
0: I. Have no complaints with this segment whatsoever. Just- so the uh, so the Superman punch is kind of like his official finisher, which is cool. And I think this match established it, and it established that uh, Orange Cassidy has a killer instinct. And you know sometimes you can bleed unnecessarily, and you know, and it not help a match at all. But this blood, which was accidental, completely accidental, helped this segment. So much. It just added an intensity to Orange Cassidy. Now there's an Orange Cassidy t-shirt with him bleeding on it. And that you can buy at Pro Wrestling Tees or shop AEW.com. It's going to be amazing. I'm really looking forward to this match. Uh, this is a uh, like... I think it's like the week two like co-main event, and it's just like it's a lot of heat. You'll hear more of my thoughts on it Wednesday, like who I think is gonna win, you know, when after the uh, other show. But I was I was just fired up. I thought this was a great ending to Dynamite. Uh, yeah, thought it was a great ending to Dynamite.
1: Yeah, and we got a lot to look forward to for Fighter Fest Night One. So let's get into our predictions and our thoughts of Night One fighter fest which takes place on july 1st so we know chris jericho will be on commentary for the show so there's a plus um however i mean four person commentary it gets to a point like i get a little nervous of people getting their stuff in so we'll see how that turns out i just want to make sure that everyone gets their stuff in and doesn't get
0: too cluttered excalibur is usually the one that goes away when they add the fourth person yeah which is a (laughs)
1: shame because he calls everything so well
0: yeah and it's like it's it's one of those things where you have too many, to almost too much talent. When they have, whenever they get that second show on TNT, I think they're gonna go down to two two man teams, and I think that would be great.
1: I think that'll be the perfect st- setup right there. I think just because it makes it makes it way less cluttered and it's easier for commentary to flow way better. Like, and I'm I will judge that so much because I I care so much about commentary and pro wrestling. So that's. I, I'm I'm hopeful that it'll still work out, but four-person commentary teams scare me. So let's hope it's okay. We have Private Party taking on Proud and Powerful after uh, that little incident between Matt Hardy. And that's going to be a really solid match to open up the show. You got two crazy good tag teams just going back and forth. Fourth, so that'll be a great uh opening if good, i had a good s-
0: change there because i accidentally put lax on the notes
1: oh so. no 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 i uh, yeah good we're, we're, mental we're, change
0: there i just noticed that at, i did it
1: we're looking at google drive right now and i see lax and i'm like nope not saying that
0: yes good job there uh these two teams have worked a lot together we got uh we got a match with them t- as a tribute to chris travis like a few months ago and i, I even thought at that time I thought they left something on the table with this being a pay-per-view quality match and night one, probably the first match. I don't think they're going to leave anything on the table.
1: I think they're, this is the match where they're really going to let it all go. And it's with it most likely opening the show. I think they're just going to let it all fly out. If I had to guess who I think would go over in this matchup, I'm going to go with private party.
0: I am going to go with proud and powerful. Uh, I, you know, Matt Hardy's going to come out with Private Party as they're called Hardy Party. And then Jericho's going to be on commentary. So it's like they're both going to have their veteran mentors. But, you know, I think Proud and Powerful is one of those teams that I don't think gets enough credit for how good they are. Oh, yeah. So so I I, I do think, you know, they might go ahead and get the win here to maybe build to something going future. But if Proud and Powerful gets the, I mean, uh, if uh, Private Party gets the win. You know, I could see that leading more to a six man coming up,
1: yeah, and that's kind of what I'm thinking just because also, I feel like private party um like are sl- are kind of like like, when they were wrestling in the tag team tournament and they beat the Young Bucks is when they really got hot and people really to started taking notice. And proud and powerful with them being with the inner circle. Like they've their stock has still been relatively high just because they've been showcasing themselves a lot. I think Private Party is um is due for a good win and with it being on a pay per view like show, I think they'll be the people to go over.
0: Now absolutely after. absolutely uh, i mean i could i could see that i could see it actually going both ways but yeah you Same, have yeah. your prediction in i love that we're going against each other good. yeah we'll see I mean, we'll yeah. see who
1: comes out on top of these predictions yes we'll turn into like some cold to holly shit where we'll have punishments we won't we're not gonna do that we're, we're not gonna do it <laughs> um We then have the women's championship match between Hikaru Shida and Penelope Ford as of course all four titles will be defended through these two nights and Shida is really starting to get going being the women's champion. I love Penelope but I see Hikaru Shida going over very easily in this matchup.
0: Yes. uh, I love Penelope Ford and I think she's going to give a good effort and she can do a lot of high spots but I don't think she's ready to be the world champion yet. I think she's only in this match because of injuries, and that's nothing wrong with that because you have to take advantage of the shots you get in wrestling. But that being said, I think this little she'll have a strong, she'll have a strong showing, but Karrisha ends up getting the win in the end.
1: Yep, and then after this, we have the team of Jurassic Express with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy taking on Wardlow and MJF. Um, this one, I'm actually leaning towards, uh, Wardlow and MJF, because the heat streak that MJF has been on has been so strong, and I think after, um, like, part of me is like, well, after Wardlow got the win with, uh, shenanigans with the low blow, I think, I'm thinking, well, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy might come over on this one, but at the same time, MJF has been, like, unstoppable, and I... I just think uh, I'm leaning towards MJF and Wardlow in this match, and I'm not exactly sure why, but that's who I'm leaning towards.
0: I think Jurassic Express are more of a tag team, and they're an established tag team in the company, so I think they get the win. I think that, because with Wardlow beating, uh, Wardlow beating MJ, uh, Luchasaurus, with MJF beating Jungle Boy, it's it, it really is. This feud's getting really, really one sided. So I think if you want to keep heat there, you have to give Jurassic Express a win eventually. So I think this will be where they win.
1: Yeah, it's it's this one's probably the one I'm not the most confident with. So I can do totally Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not confident Jurassic either Express. way.
0: Because they have, I mean, MJF is a pushed wrestler. You know, oh, yeah. He doesn't lose, he doesn't get pinned. So. Them winning makes a ton of sense, but I think this is a feud they want to go on for a while. So the only way a few can really go on is if the other guy wins. Otherwise, it's just you know uh, a rout. It's just this okay. MJF beats you every time, so let's you know change it up. And then you have the uh, you have the wild card, which is Marco Stunt, who he's a five but three person inside he's a 5'3 person on the outside and I think I might be giving him two inches but I'm gonna call him 5'3 but he's 6'7 on the inside oh yeah so (laughs) there
1: there there's always the worry, Marco because you know that I mean like I don't, don't want I don't want to compare him to Scrappy Doo but all I see when I see Marco is Scrappy Doo
0: yes um you know he reminds me of uh I don't know I, you know this probably might precede your wrestling but there was a wrestler back in the day he was Bob Carley's brother called Crash Holly. And of course was, I know Crash. Oh, like, see I didn't see I don't know how far you go back. And he I was, go far. He, I go a bit far. Yeah, he was short but he called himself a super heavyweight. He just had this he was like, you know, you know, I'm only this tall but you know, I'm 6'8" in my heart and that's how I feel about Marco stuff.
1: Uh, I will say one thing more about Marco. Um, I need – if I ever get the chance to uh, meet Marco because I haven't gotten the chance to meet him yet, um, I need to sing a duet with him because he's actually a really freaking solid singer. So I want to do a duet with him on karaoke or some shit. So that I need to make that happen. Now we have the tag team championship match between Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus Best Friends. Uh, I'm going with my heart with this one. Uh, I want Best Friends to take the titles. I just want them to take the titles. Um, I think there's still the seeds are still there uh, from Revolution, from when we nearly saw the turn with Hangman and Kenny Omega. I don't know if tonight that uh, this Fighter Fest will be the night that that happens. I don't know, but considering this is best friends uh, for like first really big shot that they're getting, I want to see them actually pull it off.
0: I can see some. Alright, tearing at the seams in this match, but ultimately I think Omega and Paige are going to win. I I personally would love the best friends to win. I would love the tag team titles to be on an established, named tag team. You know, that's one of my bugaboos. I tell everybody all the time, I am a AEW fanboy. I love it. But they do not do 100% everything I would do. With tag team wrestling really mattering, I want their belts on a tag team. So the fact that Omega and Paige are kind of just thrown together, uh, it, it's kind of like it, it's kind of like you you know you get wanted you know get something like a rock caught in your sock, you know it's not hurting you but it's kind of annoying. That's what them having the belts are to me.
1: Yeah, not saying yeah. that they're doing anything yeah. bad with them. They've yeah. been unbelievable, but yeah, we. I, totally with you, you there and that's you why have I the want best friend. tag
0: teams in the world in, on your company like you have the best tag teams career tag teams never breaking up tag teams in the world in your company and your belts are on two people everybody's just kind of waiting to break up
1: yeah and I, th- I think I think that we're getting to the point where The breakup is going to happen sooner than we think. So, I'm thinking I'm thinking it might be when best friends win the title. But that's my thought. Then we finish off with the main event of night one, the TNT Championship between Cody and Jake Hager. Uh, I feel like we're both going with Cody with this one.
0: Yeah, I don't. I think there's when they announced this match. I said there's a snowball's chance in hell that Hager actually wins.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. The I mean, TNT if, championship is what Cody is looking to build right now, so I think yeah, he's yeah, going to hold on I, to that for a
0: while. Real fight, this would last like two seconds, and Hager would kill him. But uh, <laughs> but uh, in a wrestling match, uh, yeah, I just Hager's a nice big threat towards him. But I feel like you're going to kind of see who. I think this is going to lead to seeing who Cody's next challenger or next opponent is because really there is no heat behind this match. I love this match. I love Cody. He is my favorite wrestler, but there is zero heat behind this match. There is like no one that I know, casual or not casual, thinks Cody can lose this match. So therefore, most people don't care about it. I want you to care about it. I need you to care about it. I love Cody. Don't get me wrong. It's just... I don't know if it was the COVID thing or whatever. It just... And maybe it's him defending the title every week. It just feels like there has been no build for this match. I know they tried. They tried. Don't get me wrong. It's just... Like I said, I don't know. Maybe I'll... Am I on the island here?
1: I think... Well, I think... Like, with the every week championship defenses, I think you definitely um lose the luster i think for when the title defenses happen i think maybe after hager wins the title, i mean not wins uh uh, goes after the title on fighter fest and after this match maybe have cody just hold on to it for a little bit and have like people try to chase for a title defense because then when it happens it's something that a lot more people will take note of Yes. and I think just the every like there are positives to an every week open challenge um, we've seen it with Cena, we've seen it a little bit with Cody but I think also you lose a little bit for the title ma- title defenses
0: so I think yeah, maybe it's take ringing, a couple weeks it's ringing like if anyone watched Buffy the Vampire TV show and they just had their monster of the week and yep, you know Buffy you would kill it and you never see it again that's what it's that's what Cody's title ring has come off as it doesn't feel like anybody's a credible threat to win here's the monster of the week for Cody to vanquish
1: yeah just just give it some time I think and build give more time to build to these um yeah to these because we've already established like because people have already oops, sorry we've already established that Cody like he said every week he didn't defend it this week so like we the, the every week argument doesn't need to be
0: used of him defending it every single week exactly. so, and, I mean, and we, it's like yeah so he's coming off more of as a mid season bad guy than a season finale bad guy and the me- uh, mid season bad guy can't win they're strong but they're gonna lose you know they're gonna lose cause you still got a whole nother half of the season to go that's what Jake If using TV terms that's what Jake Hager feels like Eh, he's a threat, but you don't think he's going to win. And now, I would think, I think it would be a home run if Jake Hager just comes in and beats the shit out of Cody and wins. Like, Mm -hmm. two minute two minute like, power bomb, boom boom, just be stronger and faster than Cody's ready for. I think that would lead to the every week nature of this title. And that would keep you on your toes. But if Cody goes ahead and wins, and he just wins, or he, you know, if they, if there's nothing fishy about the finish or something, again, it'll just feel like Geek of the Week.
1: Yeah, and I, again, like I think now that we've kind of gone off the, he hasn't defended it every single week, and I, again, there's positives and negatives to this whole Open Challenge thing, and it just seems like for for your secondary title, like. It needs to feel just as big, and it shouldn't be like, feel like, who's going to lose to Cody this week? Who's going to lose to Cody this week? So we'll see how things change, but I think just giving it more time for competitors to come challenge for the title will make it way bigger, I think. But anyways... That'll wrap it up for this week's episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, real quick, before we sign off, uh, be sure, again, to support us by following us on social media. Follow the podcast at ATE, at, at, AT Elite Podcast, like ATE Pod. Follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex. Follow myself at SZoomer4. And follow Floyd. At Floyd Johnson Jr., there's nothing left to do but let my buddy Floyd take us home here for tonight.
0: I want to wish everybody a happy and safe week. Uh, I hope you are wearing your mask, taking whatever social precautions that you deem necessary for yourself, and you're looking out for others to help them not get sick. That's, I mean, if you've seen it in other countries, and this is not political, it seems like getting rid of COVID is a team effort. Now It's not going to be a vaccine. It's not going to be any one person doing anything. It is a collective team effort of walking out for each other. So I advise everybody, wear your mask, social distance, whatever you can to help the next person. Not yourself, the next person. And... I would like you to. Uh, I would like you to make sure you are tuning in to AEW Dynamite this week. Unfortunately, they lost in the ratings to uh, WWE. I know people are still watching the show, so make sure you're tuning in Wednesday nights. And you know uh, NXT's doing their thing this week. Uh, make sure. After you watch AEW, go watch them too, because then you can't get enough wrestling. But I want to remind you, as I always do, as we're getting back to this week, whether you are home, school, or work, always do your best to be elite.